it's not hard. None of these things that we talk about on the podcast are hard things to do. Changing your diet's not hard. Going to the gym is not hard, but the the other things around that, like we make it hard on ourselves. This is where you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this episode, we are flipping the script, and I'm actually not going to be your host. I'm going to be the guest getting interviewed on this week's show. So I've been thinking about doing this for a while. I know there's been some listeners who pop up here and there who might come for a weightlifter or a specific coach. Whatever the case may be, I want this episode just to serve as a way for you guys to get to know me a little bit more. So we talk about my background in college, how I got into health and fitness, and we actually got pretty real at the end of the show. So I hope this is a way for you guys to just, you know, peek into how I think about things, why I say the things that I do, and I hope you enjoy. I feel like we need guest interaction on the podcast. So how, like we were just talking about what we should do today on the rare occasion that we both have a day off together and we're looking for something to do, we need suggestions on what to do. Can people comment on the podcast or is that not a thing? Well, it's not live, but they can comment on the Instagram and stuff. We should do an Instagram live podcast. That'd be fun. I don't know if I would want to do that. (laughs) The people who do it on live are super impressive because like, if you fuck up, you're on lot like I know a lot of people who do um YouTube podcasts and if you just start stumbling over your words, like you have nowhere to hide. Yeah. You're just But like, it's just real it's a real conversation. Yeah. I think as long as you're not nervous about it. The more nervous you are, then I think it's harder to do it live because you have that you always have that where, oh, I can cut this out if it sucks. Yeah. But yeah. when it's live you, you can't have that. Cool. Well, we're talking about you today. So I think this was Max's idea, wasn't it? Yeah, a Thrive member. I'm not sure who it was, but they uh Oh they said not they were li- Yeah, they said they were listening to the podcast for a while and didn't really know who I am. So I figured this would be a good time to introduce myself or reintroduce myself for the people who have heard we've done a couple like this, but it's not very often. Yeah. I remember doing one specifically with you last year at the old apartment but I don't remember what I asked you and I didn't give a second to listen to it and see what was already talked about. But I feel like you get new followers and new listeners pretty often. So why not? Yeah, that's the one thing that I wish people would do is go back to the older episodes more because there's there's a ton of episodes that are really good that people just might have missed or weren't paying attention to at the time. And uh, yeah, like they're you're fidgeting with it oh sorry (laughs) but yeah no there was a lot of good episodes that from like a year even a year and a half ago so definitely go back and listen to those ones all right i'll stop touching it (laughs) yeah i i feel so bad because you know whenever we talk about your podcast i have not listened to all of the episodes and i pick and choose which ones you know the guest interests me or or whatever or if it's with taylor or you know a friend of ours or something i'm definitely gonna 
listen to it or at least try to, but I have not been doing a good job. So I should go back and listen to some of those older ones too. Well, I don't even think that's what it's meant for. It's not like you have to listen to every episode in succession or it's not going to make sense. Like a lot of them, if you want to hear from weightlifters, there's plenty of episodes that I've done with elite weightlifters and there's other ones that I've done with nutrition coach coaches or, you know, whatever, uh, chiropractors, like you don't probably want to listen to that episode. If you're an elite weightlifter, if you're just an everyday person, like that would be the episode that you go back and listen to. So it doesn't have to be like, Oh, you listen to every single week. But if you're interested in a certain topic, like there's a bunch of them on each one. Yeah. Unless you're Mike D. Yeah. He listens to all of them. (laughs) He does. He's a cool dude. Um, all right, so I think most people who listen, or at least who know you for sure, they know your baseball story. You, mm-hmm. you come from a baseball background, you've played for years and years, blah, blah, blah. But I wanna talk about life outside of baseball. So for um, for those that do know you and do listen to the podcast, I think they know that you're a pretty healthy guy. Like you value health and wellness and morning routines and all of that stuff. So what, were, like, were you a typical college student? I don't even know fully your college story. Like, did you go out partying and drinking? And I mean, I ho- I heard one story that you can share with these guys, I'm sure. But um, let's start with that and like, you know, basic stuff. What was your favorite subject in college? Ooh, I don't know about subject. Um, I was in the weight room a lot. So I did start getting into health like pretty much right away i had uh my sweet mate matt lee who was one of the first guests on the podcast um he was just into like getting jacked and going into the gym and doing curls and dumbbell inclined bench press or whatever but there there was a point like my freshman year um the fall semester i drank a lot and I did in high school a little like my friends were all into drinking and partying so I think it was me like trying to be cool trying to fit in like I was that guy who you could say like do it you won't and I would do it a hundred (laughs) percent like you could say do this you won't do it and I'd be like okay I gotta do it so that was me and um you needed to be called out for it yeah and then my so my freshman year the fall semester I went out a lot and we had when I first got to Eastern there was a ton of people there my freshman year was when we got a new coach and we started recruiting new people but the old team was very into partying very into going out so there was a lot of guys that I started hanging out with who weren't necessarily the best influences on me and I would be that guy to like you know pass out at the pregame and not go to the party like that was me because I would just I don't know I like I would always just drink heavily and then I would wake up and feel like shit and you could at Eastern it was funny because the cafeteria was split into two sides and and it was like the athlete side and then the regular student side and you would see on Sunday morning they would start serving breakfast at 12 so it was like brunch but all the athletes would come in and everyone's hung over wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts. And then on the other side of the cafeteria, it was all the kids who came from church. So they're all dressed up. They're all like looking amazing. And then you see the athletes just like. The athletes are the ones that are all out there drinking? Yeah, wow. of course. And like, of course. <laughs> we're, um, 
you know, just crushing cereal and hash browns and like the people who came from church are like eating salads and like good, like want to feel their body. Yeah. So it was just funny. But yeah, I would say like my, so my freshman year, fall semester, that's when I was just going out all the time. And then for the spring, when we started baseball season, I was like, I'm not going to drink during the season. And then I basically haven't drank since then. So it just stopped? Yeah, I just didn't like it anymore. Um, like, I don't, I wouldn't even say I noticed anything different about myself, but I'm just like, I'm not going to drink during the season. And then I was like, ah, like, I don't really need to go out to a party. I can just hang in my room, play video games. I kind of turned into that person. Yeah. So that was when the healthy lifestyle kind of started for you, or was that just a non drinking lifestyle? It was a non-drinking lifestyle because if I look back, like, I mean, I was scrolling on Twitter in my bed till two in the morning, like most weekends and, you know, just doing normal stuff where you don't know. Like there's so many things that I just didn't know. I would, I would just eat a bunch of spinach because I thought vegetables were good, but I didn't know anything like balancing meals. I didn't really know macros or anything. It was just like doing all these things that I might have saw on an Instagram post and then and then be like, okay, this person eats a lot of chicken, so let me just dump as much chicken on my plate as possible. Not because it was a good amount of protein, just because I thought chicken was good for you. Hmm. So when did the actual shift happen? Like when did you start paying attention to real health and wellness and living that healthier lifestyle? Like was there something pivotal, a moment or like – you know, pre-weightlifting, because I don't think, when did you start weightlifting? Was that That it? was after, that was my junior year. I actually got the whoop, and that's what changed changed my health trajectory. You're joking. I'm dead serious, <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, if, I, if I'm in bed for six hours, that's that doesn't mean I'm sleeping for six hours. And uh, yeah, that was like when it really shifted. I started, I started reading books, like, it's funny to say, like, I started reading books, but that's my senior year was when I really started to pick up books outside of class. And um, there was just so many things that I wanted to learn about health wise and, you know, why the body works a certain way. Because you got the whoop. No, <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, it was definitely because I wanted the recovery score to be higher. But when I started doing all these things, like, oh, I shouldn't scroll on my bed in Twitter. Like, I should turn off the TV before, you know, an hour before bed. Like, I started seeing articles on this, and then what can I find out about sleep? And then I would go really deep on all that stuff. That was, I think that's just my personality. When I get, like, obsessed with something, I just want to know everything about it. Oh, yeah. So the health side, just, like, naturally, I just started reading every book I could find about, like, the optimal morning routine and then the optimal night routine and then uh just everything everything like that's that cr- i actually didn't know that it all started because of the whoop yeah. i i thought you know i didn't know if it was like a friend of yours and you both started doing something or like you found weightlifting and you noticed that all these people were doing you know this recovery stuff and and or crossfit and like eating paleo or whatever yeah no when i did so i did powerlifting my sophomore year and I started training for that seriously. And that's when I started getting into macros a little bit. But the only thing I just typed in like macro calculator and like the first thing I saw was what I did. But 
I remember I used to eat, I would mix cookie crisp and cocoa, I think they're called cocoa puffs, mm-hmm. and I would get like two things of cookie crisp, one thing of cocoa puffs, dump the bags together, <laughs> and then mix them up, and then I would have that with chocolate milk, and that was like, that was like a snack at night. So that's where my health journey was at that time. And you weighed what at that time? I was heavier than I was now. I weighed Shocker. like 165. So seventy five kilos. I'm well, you're probably two boxes of cereal. At night. <laughs> well, it wasn't. I wasn't eating the whole box of cereal. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, just dumb shit like that where you, you have no idea. Like you eat pop tarts because it's a good amount of carbs, not because any other reason besides that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely room for pop tarts and cocoa puffs in people's diets sometimes. Yeah, for sure. You know, I would say if you're training a lot, but yeah. you know, if you're training three times a week, you probably don't need the extra carbs with cocoa puffs and chocolate milk unless you want a really delicious snack if you do yes <laughs> this is where your obsessive you know <laughs> obsession comes in yeah oh and i know you're all about balance so yeah exactly. that's some i mean that's something i've learned from you where it doesn't have to be like you eat clean or you don't eat clean like i don't really subscribe to that anymore yeah well i'm glad that you're making the shift it's definitely, I've seen a ton of, I don't even want to call it improvement, but I've seen a ton of shift in you in the last two years or so that we've been together. So um, I think shifting is good. I think changing and evolving and adapting and just figuring out what works best is always a good thing. Yeah, I don't ever want to be, you know, stuck in, and you talked about, you did a post recently, like, what's your diet look like now? Is that something that you're going to follow for the rest of your life? And at a certain point like I was doing where I would just eat as clean as I possibly or you know air quotes clean as I possibly could during the week and then I would buy a thing of Ben and Jerry's and eat that whole thing and eat a couple burritos and that was Saturday night and then I realized like oh I could eat one burrito on Wednesday and it doesn't matter it's not gonna affect the rest of my week and I could also you know enjoy chips or whatever on saturday it doesn't have to be like oh only on saturday that you eat this shitty food and again air quote shitty food yeah well i'm glad that it's come you've come a long way yeah for, for sure. sure good um so you said that you started picking up books every book you could get your hands on what do you think has been the most impactful book that you've read oh. which one stands out the most to you or that you go back to and reread i know you're a, a rereader it's funny because if I think about certain podcasts that I've done, I've um, those have influenced like the types of questions that I've asked people. Like I can see what book I was reading at the time, mm. and uh, that's not to say like one has been more influential than the other. I would say um, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is definitely one that i would recommend everyone read it's like it's so you threw that one at me a couple months yeah. ago and it's so simple like the four agreements so what are they um be impeccable with your word always try your best don't take anything personally and i forget the fourth i always forget the fourth one i'll try to remember but if you just think about those three things and the book is super small it, it's almost like the size of an index card but there's just so many good good little tidbits on life in that one are you looking up for agreements yeah don't make assumptions did yes. you say that one no i didn't say that one <laughs> and that's one i do a lot so <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, that's the, why i keep forgetting it yeah but i think that book has been one of the most influential just like 
you know, not taking shit personally and uh, always doing your best. Like that's, and that's subjective to you. That doesn't mean you have to be at a certain stage in life. And, you know, with the podcast, like I'm always trying to make it better, but that doesn't mean I'm trying to be anybody else. Yeah. I I really like that book too. I mean, you threw it at me when I was having a really rough go a few months ago and you were like, you should read this book. Um, at first, I did think it was a little redundant, but it was very straightforward, very easy to read. And I thought, it, I mean, he nailed the points home. Mm-hmm. He really got the points across that he was trying to and doing it in, in a storytelling way, which I really liked. And I even recommended that book to, um, I forget who it was. Amanda. I don't know if it was. I know you oh, Amanda, Amanda. Yeah, she borrowed it. So, and she really liked it. She read it in like two days. Um, but it was, it was very, I mean, you said influential. I don't want to say influential, but it was really good. It was a really good read. I got a lot from it. And it's one of those things that I think will remind you to do those things, not make assumptions, do try, try your best. And, and being impeccable with your word is, um, that can be taken in a ton of different contexts. So yeah, I like that. I like that one too. That might be the most the most important like being impeccable with your word and again that's subjective to you. Like what is what does that look like and I know we're in a time where social media like you can you can kind of portray whoever you want to be on social media. We know it's not real. You know, you're you're only sharing the good stuff and you're only sharing the stuff that people want to see, but can you be impeccable with your word there? Like, can you share stuff that might piss some people off, but is what you truly believe in? And that's where, you know, going back to that book has helped me. Like, what is important to me? What is important that I that I spread? And I don't have the biggest platform, but I still want people to follow me because they like the kind of person that I am. And I don't need any everyone to agree with me and think that, my views are set in stone or they're the best and you know my political stance is whatever but uh you know just being impeccable with your word is important yeah it's like what comes to mind is vulnerability and just like you said with instagram being a highlight reel all the time and there are some people that share stuff that's very real and and very vulnerable and i i so appreciate that so much i wish i could be more of that person i i feel like i I do try, but I'm not trying hard enough. Um, but I think uh, just putting ourselves out there, I have a hard time doing that too with, you know, putting out what I truly believe. And it's kind of for fear of, it, it's, I'm fearful that not that people won't like me, but the people that I'm really close friends with won't agree with. But at the same time, why do they need to agree with me? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm noticing. Like, there's a lot of people who I disagree with right now who might say, oh, you're a piece of shit because only because they disagree with me, not because I have well thought out responses to what they're going to say or or whatever they post or whatever. But, you know, if you don't like somebody just because of their opinion, that's not a valid reason not to like somebody. Yeah. And this, we're in this time where it's just like immediately somebody says one thing and we're like, fuck it, cancel them. They suck. And we're not like, oh, why did they say that? And let me sit down and have an hour conversation with you. 
why do you think that way? And, oh, maybe you think that way because of your the way you were brought up. Like, we're all, we all grow up in different households. All that stuff plays a factor in, in your views and why you think a certain way. And we're so quick to just dismiss everybody that disagrees with us when really our points will either become stronger or we might be like, oh, I'm wrong about that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like being wrong in certain, not everywhere, but I like being wrong where people can change my views. Like, I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah. And I think it's important to be open-minded to that stuff too. So I, I think that's where it comes from. Like not a lot of people that I'll even say like the older crowd, I'm I'm not old, but you know, the older crowd, like I won't even give a number out there. <laughs> I was just like, shit, everyone's going to bash me with this one. Um, but they're, I won't say stuck in their ways, but they've lived longer and they've thought a certain way for a longer period of time. So changing that mentality is is more challenging um, and kind of like breaking habits, forming habits, breaking habits, all of that. So I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, if you just go on Google, like we ha- we have the answers to pretty much every question now. So it's pretty clear. I mean, opinions are, are subjective, but like if you have a fact, if you say like, oh, the Phillies won the World Series in 1980 and – you look it up on Google and it's like, okay, they either did or they didn't. And we have these answers that are so fast. But in the same sense, we also attack people's opinions that fast and not actually go to the root of it. It's just like this information age is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I know. I keep thinking back to, um, there's some memes going around right now about old school classrooms and I was in them where we had to use calculators and the teachers were like, calculators too. No, no, but I mean, uh, this is what I mean. You'll get it. Okay. Um, the teacher was like, you'll never have a calculator in your back pocket. You need to be able to do this math. Maybe it was, I meant like we didn't have a calculator. We had to not okay. use a calculator. <laughs> but it was like, um, you'll never have a calculator in your back pocket. Well, shit, we all have calculators <laughs> on many different devices. So, Yeah, I've never been to a job or a job interview or whatever where they're like, hey, don't don't use any resources that you have. Yeah. <laughs> like answer this question, but also don't look at don't look up how to do it. Yeah. I've never had a job or, you know, anything outside of college where yeah. we had to do something like that. So, well, I, you know, everyone who listens to you and your podcast, they know how big into weightlifting you are, too. So what um, do you have any short term? I know what some of your short term, but you know, for the listeners, what are your short-term goals with weightlifting? And then on the other side, what are your long-term goals? So I feel like I go back and forth with this. I wish I had like a straightforward answer. Um, This year, I haven't really had any goals because I used to be like, so a year ago or a year and a half ago, I would have told you like, I want to make an international team. I want to like travel abroad and lift weights, which I still think would be definitely in the long term. But I also understand, like I'd look at these 18, 19 year old kids who are in my weight class and it's like, I'll probably never be as strong as them. And I'm a hundred percent okay with that. So like short term, it's just to keep getting better. Like I mean, whenever I go on Instagram, it's like all these people move so well and their mobility is so good. And I'm just like, every time I go on Instagram, I'm like, I don't know how to weightlift at all. <laughs> it like, it definitely sets me back. So short term, I want to compete at American Open Finals. I feel like the last year and a half or two years has been tough 
competing. I've been getting injured or just not making it through the entire training cycle. So AO finals is on the radar. And then long term, I have some numbers in mind that maybe I'll be capable of. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not. But I don't I don't even want to put like a number on it and say, like, if I hit this, I'll be successful. I mean, I look at people in my weight class like Jake and Jordan who were on the show. I'm never going to be as strong as them. And I'll probably never beat them in a weightlifting meet that they show up to. <laughs> and that's 100% fine. Unless they go balls to the wall and they go all out and they, they bomb yeah, out. Yeah, so know? like if... I don't want that to happen, I'm just saying. Yeah, if the top 10 people in front of me want to bomb out, maybe I'll win a medal at <laughs> AO Finals. But... but to you, is that really winning? No. You know, and that's the same thing I thought about with um, when I competed in Albuquerque. Like, I weighed four and a half kilos under the weight requirement. And, like, that was dumb on my part, too. I probably should have just cut down to 67. But I also thought, too, like, why be strict on my diet if, like, no one is showing up to the meet anyway? What does a silver medal mean at a meet where nobody who was in the top 20 showed up? I mean, I guess that's subjective too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always been the competitive person. Like I would, if we're going to race to a stop sign, I'm going to try to push you over and trip you. And if I'm not going to win, but weightlifting is like that humbling sport where if you just can't lift the weight, like if I want to go to AO finals and put 130 on the bar and try to snatch it, it's not going to go past my fucking knee. <laughs> so it's just not worth it. So what are you doing right now to work on weaknesses or mobility or anything that you feel that you need to work on to get better yeah so i do i've been doing ramwad four times a week i've been trying to stick with that before i train sometimes i do it during work hopefully dave's not listening but i know he never listens so it's fine but yeah so i try to do ramwad like four times a week i my warm-ups take forever because i'm doing a ton of upper back mobility from john so, you know, just going to PT, stuff like that, where, I That's mean... super beneficial, too. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And it's like, I think I'm at that point where it's like 50-50. Like, I want to be really good at weightlifting. I want to hit good numbers. I also know that that doesn't include winning or anything. But for me to to keep getting better, I just have to improve my mobility. I have to improve my movement in general. I'm... You know, you see these people in CrossFit who did gymnastics who are just really good movers. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I do not look like I naturally want to be in the bottom of a snatch position. You don't have Megan elbows. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, the gymnast like lockout where every time I lock out a jerk, I'm like, did I lock that out or not? I can't even see it. I'll look at it on video like 36 times and I'm like... I think it would get three white lights, but if I went to a national competition, who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows anymore? And I might just turn it over. Yeah, the the jury. We could definitely do a whole separate podcast on that. I know. The the press out. Every everyone kind of on Instagram and YouTube is talking about that. Well, I think the press out rule. To me personally, I think the press out rule should stay. You can't have, you know. John Smith coming off the street, big bulky dude going to a Planet Fitness and just monstering the bar up and expecting that to count when someone does a perfect snatch. Like to me, that there's no comparison. Um, and then you have to start getting into if they if they take the lockout 
um, or the press out rule out, then you have to start giving scored points on mm. technique, right? Kind of like a gymnastics meet or or ice skating or, or whatever, where they give you those um, point breakdowns. So I don't know. I don't think the press out rule should should be eliminated. I do think that the jury should be eliminated <laughs> because why are there refs? Yeah, I don't know. get rid of them all. I said the jury, <laughs> what's their, there's six people on yeah. the jury and they're watching it in slow motion and they can rewind and fast forward. It's ridiculous. I mean, the one garage strength lifter I saw at Youth Worlds got a lift overturned three white lights i did it not, was amazing i did not see any elbow movement and I they're like either. and they reviewed it and they said no lift press out and i'm like how can you get three white lights you had three people watching it in real time who were excellent referees by yeah, the way who were the best referee and you never know how corrupt the iwf oh is but you, it's too much to go into <laughs> <laughs> but yeah get get rid of the jury keep the press out rule yeah. But I still think the I mean the best people are going to win without press outs with Absolutely. or without press outs anyway. Yeah. The people who move the best are just going to efficiency is what is the name of the game in weightlifting. And I'm not very efficient. <laughs> well, you're getting there. I'm trying to. So, up until this point, what would you consider to be your biggest win with weightlifting? Ooh. I mean, I did medal at the under 25s. Um, university in, nationals in Vegas. yeah well it was so they have university nationals and then they have under 25 nationals and i think oh i didn't know if it was two different things yeah it's separate so i was in the u25 division i wasn't going to school at the time so i think i won a silver medal in the clean and jerk and then a bronze in the total i have since thrown those medals out because they don't <laughs> really mean anything i mean it's cool to go to a national meet and medal but like also, I wasn't the top three in my weight class. It was just those people happened to not compete in the U25 section. They were just in university nationals. And like Jordan was there and he competed in the Las Vegas Open and he was the only person who competed in the Las Vegas Open. Oh, wow. So he won by default. Yeah. So he was, but I mean, he was doing clean and jerks and I was like getting ready to go back to the Airbnb. <laughs> so, I mean, the amount of, improvement like my total's gone up 56 kilos since i started which is really good it's huge yeah it's it's hard to look at the improvement especially when uh when you have months or years where you don't pr it's like you can't really see the improvement day to day but when you actually look back on what your total is you're like oh i've gotten pretty good at this thing yeah well so what has been on the flip side of that what has been the biggest like i don't want to say what's your biggest failure in weightlifting but what has there been a moment where you're like i'm done with this i don't want to do this anymore or if you've had those moments like how do you get through that yeah i mean i've hurt my wrist three times now and same wrist i once the right wrist twice on the left wrist so the right wrist, I was, I don't even know when it was, but I was just training heavier than, than I should have been like after a meet. And, uh, one day I just went to put my hand down off the couch and like, couldn't put any pressure on it. So when that happens and you can't train at all, I, I always try to do something, squats, deadlifts, um, just accessory work, pull-ups, whatever I, I can do. 
But if you do that for four or five weeks in a row and you can't do a snatch and clean and jerk, especially when you're watching on Instagram, everyone always seems to be PR and at the times where you're doing the absolute yeah. worst. Yeah. So that's been really difficult. Like, and even, even now that's always a thought in my mind. Like I'm always worried about what, what if I get hurt again? And you can't think like that. Like you can't, I don't think you can put that stuff out there, but it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Like I might do a snatch one day and be like, that's it. That's the last time I ever do a snatch because it's not worth it. So I think that's a daily thing. Every time I go into the gym, it's like, if I'm going to take this seriously, I am going to have to warm up for 10, 15 minutes longer than the average person. Like we see people at CrossFit who just hop in, just throw weight on the bar and do snatches right away and I'm like no I gotta spend 15 minutes warming up my wrists my upper back my shoulders all those things so but keeping the goals that you have in mind during that time is fucking hard like I wish I had the mindset where I don't have any negative thoughts creep in or I don't think that doing the training like I know the training is gonna is gonna be good for me I have all the opposite thoughts of them I think what if I'm gonna get hurt or what if I never go back to where I was so I would say like tip wise I don't really have anything it's like it's a constant struggle I feel like we need to find somebody I I feel like weightlifting teams need a mental coach or if you're a really amazing coach like a weightlifting coach you also handle the mental aspect because mental toughness is so hard to train, I think. And it's so hard for all of us that, like you said, we see, especially when we're injured or we're not doing our best, that's when we see other people PR. And it's, it, that's not really true, but that's what we're paying attention to, I think. Uh, there are some people on the team right now that are PRing left and right every week. And I'm over here having a rough fucking time with not snatching over 45 and it's just I know it's just right now I know I'll get back up to my numbers in the mid 50s uh, and more than that but I don't know I think you need to find somebody a mental coach for yeah I mean weightlifting is is a weird sport because you might you might go months or years where you can't even touch 90 percent of what you did and that's a hard thing to do, to go into the gym and do the same two things. And like, yep. if your percentages stay the same, you're literally doing the same weights. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who I was talking to about this. Um, oh, one of Mike's neighbors was talking about like he couldn't get past a certain number on the squat. And I was like, well, what do you do leading? What's your warm ups look like? And he said, I do 135, 185, 225. And I was like, try doing 145. 195 235 and then jump up that way like you have to just play these mental tricks on yourself sometimes so i mean even for you like it's a rough period but it might be you snatching a different number like instead of you hitting 47 yeah, or 48 <laughs> i mean like the longer you do it the, the less those those things will help but i mean you just got to do everything that you possibly can when the, the bad period is coming around. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's so tough to get through that. But I think it's important that – I think it's important that everybody knows that everyone does go through it. Like believe it or not, Jake and Jordan, I'm sure, have times where they're having an off 
you know, season and they're just not doing as well as they wanted to. So it doesn't seem like it, though. It doesn't. <laughs> no, but, Maybe those are bad examples. <laughs> They're just freaks of nature. But even talking to the mental coaches that I have, like Brett and uh, Sean Kelly, they don't tell me anything that I don't know. Like, But it's not you saying it. Oh, yeah. And it's like being accountable. If you have a coach who you're like, oh, yeah, when when I did fail a rep, I got in my head and I thought I'm a failure and if you have somebody who you're actually accountable to and who can teach you how to not have those thoughts or even how to, you know, journal them out or how to clear your head during a set, I think that's super valuable. So yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if you want to build like the ideal weightlifting team, it's everything. It's nutrition. It's having a physical therapist. It's having a mindset coach. It's having a coach who does the programming. And that might even be having one coach who programs, one coach who looks at technique. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you see these elite weightlifters and they have so many people behind Massage them. Massage therapist. Yeah. And even if you go to a local meet, like you have somebody who's counting for you, you have somebody who's loading the bar. It's like, it's this big operation. Yeah. And you think of it just in your little bubble. Like you're just lifting the weights. That's all you're doing. But there's so many people who help you actually PR out on the platform. Yeah, it's a cool community. It is. So you have um, one, dis I think it's only one discount code for lifters, right? And like friends and people who have wrist pain. And you mentioned your wrist injuries and stuff. So you have the Richmond Weightlifting Wraps. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other codes? Or what would be your ideal company that you would want to team up with? Oh, uh, it's hard because you see like a lot of the, a lot of the, um, sponsorships like i see a lot of people do rp and i've looked at the rp app and i'm like i would never do this <laughs> so i don't know i think if i was would team up with somebody it would be somebody who i believe in and like that's what's i used to think of this as a negative about the podcast that i'm not really making any money off this but i do think it's a positive where if something comes up where i really believe in a company and i can make a couple bucks from it that would be cool. So, you but you know, don't have any in mind. No companies come to mind for you. Ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know you're on the spot, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe Earthfed Muscle. That's what I, I mean, was thinking. That's yeah. that's what mine would be. I mean, I think I would be very low on the totem pole compared to what the athletes are doing over there. But you know, but Earthfed Muscle can help the beginner, <laughs> moderate, and, and elite <laughs> weightlifters all all alike. Yeah, I mean, we do use their protein and and different supplements pretty much every day yeah at this point it's definitely the best that i've ever had um yeah maybe you got to talk to dane yeah <laughs> that would be pretty cool and you know even like as i'm thinking this like i'm only comparing myself to the weightlifters and it's like we all have these special hidden talents that okay somebody might snatch more than you but like can you get on a podcast and talk and be comfortable with people like that might be something that separates me apart, you yeah. know? Yeah. Definitely. So interesting. Um, so we talk, I mean, off the podcast and during our walks and everything every day, we, we talk a lot about the world right now and about people who don't work out and people that smoke and people who basically don't take care of themselves, right? Um, if you could talk to those people and change their mind on how they're choosing to live their lives – what would you say to them or how would you make them 
see that there's a better way to be living? This is a hard fucking question. <laughs> um, you know, we always have opinions on what people can do better, but it's like when people actually ask how, that that's the, the part that's hard. But I think, you know, for me, it would be not even telling somebody something, but just, hey, come to a CrossFit class with me. We'll do the same workout. Because a lot of people think CrossFit is like this competitive thing or like they have to train to, to get to the to get into the gym like they're like oh i want to join crossfit but i gotta i gotta train before i can get I gotta there. get ready for CrossFit. yeah i gotta lose these extra 10 pounds and it's like i would just bring people to a class and be like hey we'll do the same workout like i'll scale the workout just the same as what you can do and we'll both get a great workout we'll both leave here feeling better than we did when we walked in so i think that I mean, I think that's like the ideal thing is you, you join a CrossFit gym. If you've never done anything, and yes, CrossFit is expensive, especially when you've never had a gym membership, paying $150 a month to, to work out you think is absolutely insane, especially when you can go to Planet Fitness for 10 bucks. But I think CrossFit is like the, you know, it's the gateway drug of fitness. When people start doing CrossFit, that's when they start eating better and that's when they start stretching and that's when they start having better relationships like you kind of you talk about all those things at crossfit because those people become your tribe like people are genuinely interested in you and when you go to the 6 a.m class every single day people give a shit that you're there and when you're not there they're like hey where are you mm -hmm. you haven't like why aren't you waking up anymore so i mean yeah i think getting that out to people i mean you're never going to come up with like the the ideal thing to say to somebody to make them change and that's what i mean we're seeing it so much with the vaccines people are trying rubik's cube on how to get people to get vaccinated who don't want to or people who aren't going to get vaccinated are telling these people like you're crazy i'm never going to do this but it's like i mean sometimes it's as simple as just relating to somebody and like hey come come to a class with me let's go grab a cup of coffee like that stuff is we don't get that anymore and like that's what i'm trying to do with the podcast is like have conversations with people and hopefully that inspires other people to have conversations with people you know it's like you you see somebody who talks about nutrition and you're like oh that's interesting i want to hear more of what they what they have to say and then you hear somebody who talks about mindset and you're like oh i never heard i never even knew that mindset training was a thing and then you're like Oh, where can I get a little bit better there? So I think it's just, I mean, everything's connected. Like it, 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 it's not hard. It's not hard. None of these things that we talk about on the podcast are hard things to do. Changing your diet's not hard. Going to the gym is not hard, but the, the other things around that, like we make it hard on ourselves. And I think that's what I would tell people besides from bringing them to the gym, but just saying it's not that hard. And it's not, that's not making people feel guilty that they haven't done it before, but like at any point you can make a change. Wow. Is that cliche? <laughs> no, but I don't know if you saw me, but I was like getting emotional when you were talking about that stuff. I think it's, this would be the podcast episode that I would like recommend people listen to. They get a 
gist of who you are and what you truly stand for and what you believe in and you're right it's not that hard and I think like we talk about CrossFit a lot and we don't even do CrossFit that much <laughs> I know we're the best advocate for CrossFit <laughs> we are. <laughs> but like man we should we should put on Facebook marketplace that we're willing to go to a CrossFit class with people like you know we're willing to be their workout buddies that would be a great side job um but you're right. It's not that hard. People just need to start. If you feel like you're not ready, it doesn't matter. You're not ready. But ready is subjective. Yeah. And you can be ready now or you can be ready five years from now with a, a doctor telling you that you don't have that much time left. Which one do you want to – when do you want to start? Yeah, and it's funny because – I mean, five years ago, I would have told you the same thing. It's not that hard. And I would have said it in a way that says, you suck. It's not that hard. And now I'm saying it, that it's not that hard. It doesn't matter if you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. It doesn't matter if you drink all the time. Like, reach out to people. The information is all there, and you can change today. Yeah, you can do it. It's awesome. I'm really glad that we did this one. Yeah, this was fun. <laughs> and we did it in one take. Yeah, we did. Once again, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed that one. Big shout out to Dana for coming on and doing the interviewing. I know that is not the easiest position to be in, especially when it's your boyfriend. So I thought she did an awesome job. Make sure to give her a follow on Instagram at Dana Lee Nutrition. As far as the podcast, if you do want to support, you can head to at Better Than Yesterday Pod. Just shout us out on your Instagram story. Let us know that you liked the episode. And you can also head to richmondweightlifting.com. Like we mentioned in the show, you can get 10% off wrist wraps. So if you do have any wrist pain and you're a weightlifter, I feel you. It sucks, but you can go to richmondweightlifting.com. Use the code BTY10, and it'll protect your wrist and keep you lifting, keeping you strong. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and the support. I look forward to bringing you the next one.